Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a personification of wisdom as we pick up in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. In chapter 8, we have an ode to wisdom. Wisdom is personified. And because of the personification of wisdom in this chapter, some have even likened wisdom unto Jesus Christ. For in him are hid all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So there are analogies that can definitely be drawn. Because Christ is the soul, the heart of wisdom. In him, all the treasures of wisdom. So there are definite analogies that can be made to wisdom and to Jesus Christ. And there is definite parallels. There are definite parallels. Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? Now, of course, we, we have just... This is in sharp contrast to the previous chapter where this loud, stubborn, little, impudent female is running around with her words of flattery in the streets and all. But doth not wisdom cry, and understanding puts forth her voice. She stands at the top of the high places, by the way in the places of the paths, She cries at the gates and at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call. My voice is to the sons of men. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, And wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing perverse or forward in them. They are all plain to him that understands and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. In other words, prefer wisdom to wealth. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired cannot be compared to wisdom. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate Evil. Now, wisdom is speaking and declares pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine, sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles, even all of the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. 
My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue better than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or before the earth ever was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now, therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso findeth me finds life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongs his own soul, and all they that hate me love death. So, we see how that Solomon is exhorting concerning wisdom, how wisdom is crying out for people, come, know me, understand me, listen to me. And the value of wisdom, treasure. Now, you remember when David died and Solomon was appointed king in his place. The Lord came to Solomon and said, Ask of me whatever you want. And Solomon prayed unto the Lord and said, O Lord, I ask that you will grant unto me wisdom in order that I might govern over these your people. Now Solomon was aware of the awesome responsibility that was placed upon him when he took the scepter from his father David and began to rule over Israel. He realized what an awesome responsibility this was. And he also realized his own inability to stand up to this awesome responsibility. Oh God, I need wisdom to know how to govern over these your people that I might go out and in before them in such a way and that I might be a, a proper king. And God said unto Solomon, Solomon, inasmuch as you've asked for wisdom, you've asked for a good thing because you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for fame, you didn't ask for your enemies to be delivered into your hands. But you ask instead for wisdom. Excellent choice. And because you didn't ask for riches, fame, your enemies, 
but you've asked for wisdom instead. I'm not only going to give you wisdom, but I'm also going to give you great riches and fame and all. And so God gave unto Solomon wisdom above all of his predecessors, so that from all over the world people came to sit at the feet of Solomon to hear the wisdom of this man. So it is proper that this man who was given so much wisdom by God and knew the value and the benefits of wisdom should exhort unto wisdom. And in then the personification of wisdom, I'm sure as we were reading through, you could see the parallels and the analogies that could be made to Jesus Christ, how that he was with the Lord in the beginning of the creation and... The, the beautiful picturesque speech of the, of the creation of the earth before it. I wonder what it was like before God created the universe. I wonder what there was. What dimensions and whatever, you know. Before the earth ever was, before he laid the foundations, before he set the boundaries of the sea, before he raised up the mountains, I was there. Chapter 9 continues in its praise of wisdom. Wisdom hath built her house. She's hewn out the seven pillars. She has killed her beast. She has mingled her wine, and she's furnished her table. And she has sent forth her maidens, and she cries upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she says to him, Come and eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. In other words, wisdom is inviting everybody to come and partake of her. That is why, you know, David said to Solomon, Hey, son, wisdom's the principal thing. Get wisdom. Now Solomon's saying that wisdom is, is inviting people. I've prepared a banquet. I've prepared for you. Come and partake of me. Now he says in verse 7, He that reproves a scorner will be mocked. If you have a scorner and you reprove him, what he's going to do is he's going to turn right around and mock you. He's not going to receive it. And he that rebukes a wicked man is going to get smashed in the nose. <laughs> So reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. But if you rebuke a wise man, he will love you for it. So if you rebuke someone and he punches you in the nose, you know he's wicked. <laughs> if he loves you for it, you know he's a wise man. <laughs> One of the Proverbs says, a fool hateth instruction. So give instruction to the wise man and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, this sounds very much like verse 6 of chapter 1, where after Solomon introduces Proverbs and tells you what a proverb is and what the purpose of Proverbs are, he begins with the first proverb declaring, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
Now he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it sounds like these are parallel statements, but there's a vast difference between the two. And the difference lies not in the difference between wisdom and knowledge, but the difference between the word beginning in the Hebrew that is translated in both places beginning. They are two different Hebrew words with two different meanings. After telling of what a proverb is and what the purpose of proverbs are to gain understanding and to know the way of righteousness and so forth, he then declared the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The word in verse 6 of chapter 1 is a Hebrew word which means the sum total of knowledge. All knowledge is encompassed in the fear of the Lord. In other words, if a man doesn't fear the Lord, he's dumb, stupid. The fear of the Lord is really the sum of knowledge. The word beginning here is the Hebrew word for primary or commencement, the starting place. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the starting place for wisdom. It's the sum total of knowledge, but it's the starting place of wisdom. Now, the difference between wisdom and knowledge is that knowledge will give you facts. Wisdom will direct you to the correct action in lieu of the facts. So there are a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge, but they don't have much wisdom. They may have a lot of facts. They may have a lot of knowledge stored up in their head, but they're absolutely dumb when it comes to their actions. I am constantly amazed at what dumb things smart men do. Men who have their PhDs and all of this vast knowledge, and yet they don't have any wisdom. They're just off their rockers. The government keeps a group of men that are almost humanoids. And they, they sit day after day at these desks in these think tanks. And these guys, when they start shaving, just shave all the way, you know. Their heads are bare and big heads, and they just sit there at the desk day after day after day, just sitting, and the government pays them royally for this. And they are thinking in these far-out abstract concepts and they may sit there for a month and never say a word to anybody. You can walk in, walk around, they, they, they don't even recognize that you're there. And yet they come up with these outlandish, far-out concepts. Pretty soon, after several months, they'll go up the board and start writing out formulas and all this kind of stuff, designs. And then the government has other men who have to take these formulas and designs and see if they'll really work. We have a friend who was in the second phase. 
And he told us about these little humanoids almost that sit there at their desk. And, and of these wild kind of concepts, how that they are, are thinking about how to transmit brainwave patterns from the outside so that people can see without eyes. You know, just by the transmitting of brainwave patterns to go across the brain so they get the illusion of sight and so forth, though they don't have eyes, or transmit the sound in so without the hearing apparatus, normal hearing apparatus would be able to hear, and all of these kind of things that they are actually working on and developing and, and trying to create. Far out kind of concepts. Now, these guys have a lot of knowledge, but they don't have much wisdom. This friend of mine was telling me that quite often they'll be stuck because they, he said, they cannot, many of them cannot add a simple column of figures. Their, their minds are too complex to deal with simple math. And, and of course, they, they don't have any family life. I mean, they just live in isolated kind of existence in, in their own sort of in their own minds and are, are just trained to get into themselves and into their own minds and concepts. Far out kind of stuff. So knowledge is having an accumulation of facts. Wisdom is knowing what to do with them. The proper use of knowledge or the application of knowledge. So the importance of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. That's the starting place of wisdom. Last chapter we read, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Fear of the Lord. The word fear bugs some people because we have in our minds the concept of a phobia. But the word translated fear is not a phobia type of fear, but it is that kind of awe and reverential fear as we really think about God, His greatness, His power, who He is. Just that awe that comes over you. So that fear of the Lord, desiring to do what God would have me to do, love what God loves, hate what God hates, that desire recognizing who God is, to seek to please Him. That's what the fear of the Lord is about. That's the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. We are living in a day and age when we have so confused the issue of good and evil, right and wrong, that people really don't know what is right or what is wrong. We have the situation ethics, and now more recently, this value clarification, where there is the denial of any kind of a universal base of good or truth or right. It's all relative to the situation. But understanding the knowledge of the holy, that which is holy, that which is pure, that's what understanding is about. It's understanding God and what he has declared. Wisdom is still speaking, and it says, For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life 
shall be increased. If you be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself, but if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. A foolish woman is clamorous. <laughs> he evidently knew about, a lot about women. He had enough wives to have quite an understanding. No doubt in, in the law of average, if you have a thousand wives, you're going to have some real weird ones, <laughs> contentious ones and everything else, and he'll get to them later on. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple. She doesn't know anything. For she sits at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call the passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn into her. And as for him that wants understanding, she says to him, Hey, stolen waters are sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he doesn't know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Proverbs on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Proverbs 8-9 through when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you and keep you in His love and grace. May the Lord watch over you. And may you be filled with His Spirit and walk in the strength and in the power of the Spirit of God as He anoints you day by day. May you be enabled by Him. And may you enter into that fullness that he has for you, walking with the Lord, loving the Lord, listening to the Lord. May your mind and heart be clear, sensitive to God and to the things of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I feel we are so close to the end. I have never seen so many signs that point to the end.
Our country is in the worst mess it's ever been in. I said to Chuck, what can we do? Our life is given to the ministry, to the salvation of souls and the walk of Christians, and yet we can't seem to make a dent. Chuck, do you think it's because the Lord is coming soon? And maybe there's going to be one last revival. Hey, ladies, I would like to highly encourage you to pick up a copy of Kay Smith's new book, Colossians, the most recent addition to her Bible study series. Like the believers in Paul's day, today we live in the midst of cultural craziness, and we too are vulnerable to the quick fix solutions of world philosophers and religious legalists. Let Kay guide you through the book of Colossians to understand how the Lord wants you to live in these last days, to love your family, and to revive our nation. To order a copy for yourselves or a friend, please call the word for today at 1-800-272-9673. Or to see a sneak preview, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.